0: What is going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. The Illini got a tough, bruised win last night in Champaign-Urbana over the Iowa Hawkeyes. A 9 to 6 win in Champaign. Yes, 9 to 6 Some people thought this was a boring game, but for us Illini fans, this was just another game that we had to stick around and watch for the opportunity to finally beat Iowa We had to overcome some key injuries. We had to overcome some mental mistakes. The defense carried this team, put them on their back. Uh, But they got the win in Champaign over the Iowa Hawkeyes 9-2-6. This is Coach Bieloma's second win over his old team after beating Wisconsin last week, his team that he coached for many years, now beating Iowa, a team that he walked on and played for and coached there for many years before moving on to Wisconsin. Um and it's the first win for the Illini over the Iowa football team since 2008. We're going to discuss everything that happened in the game. What does this mean for the Illini moving forward, um, being 5-1 and one right now? We're going to talk about all that today on this episode. Make sure you're hitting the like button and the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. The last Illini episode, I did a lot of comments coming in more than usual, which was fantastic, and I'll try to get to those when I see them. Um, Make sure you're uh, rating it on Apple and iTunes. It helps out a lot there. Um, Also, check out the Belly Up Media Network at bellyupsports.com. There's a lot of stuff there for everybody, Uh, podcasts, blogs, sports-related, non-sports-related. So check it out, Up. Sports.com to check out the Belly Up Media Network. We're going to be a little bit all over the place today from that game last night. That was a hard-fought defensive battle win that we got in Champaign-Urbana over the Iowa Hawkeyes. Wow. There were times where you just didn't know what was going to happen in this game. Was the defense going to hold up? A lot of emotions going through. Um, Different things happened that kind of led to it being a defensive battle. Um, Coming into the game, the keys for this game for me, and it's on my last episode where you look at, I'm also 2-0 when I've done episodes where I've said Illinois was going to win. I said Illinois was going to beat Wisconsin, I said Illinois was going to beat Iowa, so I am 2-0 in those. So maybe the rest of the season I just say they're going to win. Uh, against the next team but the keys coming into the game was the defense just had to do their thing they had to make sure that they didn't let Iowa get on uh, any type of run game if they were going to lose it had to be through throw throwing the football um, I didn't come their tight end was going to be a problem but and he showed how good he was last night um, but those were the keys for the defense to to kind of control any type of run game if Petrus did get on a roll You know, that was just what was going to have to happen because, you know, uh, Coach Walters is very good at adjusting the defense, those type of things. And then I said, on offense, they were just going to have to do their thing in the run game. But uh, I said, quarterback play, you're going to have to complete some passes. And it was going to come down to which offense made more plays at the end because both teams had very good defenses. Illinois has one of the top-ranked defenses in the nation. They, you know, only give up about 10 points a game and they only gave up six last night. Um, so those were the keys coming in. And it looked like Illinois was going to have that offense going at the very beginning of the game where uh, we moved the ball and we ended up getting a field goal. There was a couple of times where we could have converted, but, you know, Chase Brown getting the ball a couple of times. DeVito made a couple passes and then uh, he you know, was able to move around in the pocket, he took off and ran and got a first down or so. So it just looked like to me watching the very beginning of the series that Illinois offense was going to be more complementary to the game than what Iowa's was because Iowa's first offensive series, the defense did play very well. And so watching that game, my very first thought was if we can continue this and keep this up, I think Illinois <coughs> excuse me, Illinois offense would have had Better success against the Iowa defense because of having a mobile quarterback, because of having um, a younger, fast offensive line, and what we have right now. You know, I tweeted out right when the game was going. Illinois is running a ton of wide zone, and I think they wanted to run the wide zone to try to soften up the box and try to get the defenders to move out to give Chase Brown those lanes. Because we saw against Wisconsin, it was the same type of thing where. Two-yard run here, four-yard run here, maybe back to line of scrimmage. And they keep running those, and then eventually he pops up a big run. And we saw that when he had the big run on on Wisconsin. And that's what they were kind of hoping for. Well, not kind of. That's what they were hoping for against Iowa um, in this game. But we had already coming into the game, Caleb Griffin was um, day-to-day. Started the game. Coach Bielema got word that he was going to be out. they'd go up to Pinton and say, "Hey, you're going to be the new kicker, and you're the field goal kicker." And I mean, he, you know, had to kick all the field goals. He scored all the points for Illinois, and so that was huge to have a freshman come in and say, "You know, you're out, your main kicker for many years," saying that you're going to come in and kick. And he came in and handled and poised it very well. In a, you know, I don't think it was sold out at, at, at the Memorial Stadium in Champaign, but it was. A, there was a lot of people. Bracing the cooler temperatures down there in Champaign. Um, not as cool as it was up here in the suburbs, I don't think. But bracing that, it was a cool atmosphere. We saw the tailgate. The student section was packed. It was mainly packed besides the very top row of Memorial Stadium. But everything down there was packed. It was loud for Memorial Stadium in Champaign to come in. Um, have that juice from the crowd to come in and hit those field goals. Um, so Illinois was already down in that aspect. But... Um, but then the big story, a couple of big stories that people are going to talk about, and we're going to talk about it also was when Devito went down. When Devito, he was playing well, um, and you know he got tackled and his ankle got twisted up. Um, Coach Beal must have said after the game that that was an ankle that he had hurt before, and so it really reaggravated that. And he was in that tent for a long time, and did not come out for a long time. Did the bike couldn't even hardly do the bike, went back into the tent, and then at halftime he said, yeah, he's going to be out. Um, And so Arch Statowski had to step in, and that was going to be the very, very big storyline there. Um, Before DeVito got hurt, um, he was 6 of 11 passes and 42 yards. Um, So not a Big time game, but again, for 6-11 and just managing the game, he had the big run, he was able to move the pocket, he's able to read the defense, he's very poised, he's very tough. So um, for him to be out of the game, it had to be very, very tough for him, and it had to be a huge time pain level for him not to be able to come back in and move. They had it taped up, it looked like a brick, literally how much they had it taped up. Um, So that was the big storyline, and Art Statowski coming in, and... I have been very critical of Art Statowski from last year, he and Brandon Peters. Art Statowski, when he had to come into the game last year, went for Brandon Peters, did well that first game, played well against UTSA in the loss, and then from there on, it just kind of fizzled out. And then Brandon Peters, when Art Statowski had to get the surgery, Brandon Peters had to come back in. At the very beginning, Art Stotowski had two nice completions. He, had, he actually completed a hitch, which I was very critical on him for. And then he had a rollout, threw a nice little comeback to the sideline there. Very tough window, completed that pass. And I said, OK, if they can run the football and he can hit three to six yard passes um, and they can protect him up front, which they did. Illinois offensive line, besides just maybe a handful of times, which that's, that sometimes defenses is going to bring more than what the offense is going to have in there to protect. The offensive line pass protected pretty well, I thought. In my opinion, uh, watch. I try to watch the. I try to watch everything from the Illinois game, but I really will watch up front. Uh, being a fan of their line coach and just being an offensive lineman and coaching it, they pass protected well. The run game, yet yeah, they they blocked, but. The Iowa has a good defensive line too, but to get three yards, that's fine. And an Iowa defense, that is pretty good. They're ranked up there with Illinois in defense. Not everything in Illinois, but overall giving up the points. Iowa had a really good defense. So watching the line do that, and I said, okay, if Art Statowski can do that and we can get away with maybe a field goal or two, get a touchdown out of it um, from him, and then maybe if Chase Brown can escape and get a touchdown later on, we we score if we can score up to like 17 points, the defense does this thing, we're going to be fine. Um but I tweeted this. It just felt like the air was sucked out of the offense when DeVito went down. Like, I wasn't there. But watching it on TV, it just kind of felt that way. The crowd was so into it because, thank, thank goodness for Coach Bielma, Coach Walters, and that defense. Because if it wasn't for that, we would be in big trouble. Um, Arsotowski ended up going 13 of 19, only 74 yards. Um, He only averaged 3.9 yards per completion, which is fine with me. If you're averaging 3.9 yards, that's fine if you're Arsutowski and that's Illinois offense without Tommy DeVito, where you could just nickel and dime it, run the football here, do this here, um, to move the ball and keep your uh, defense uh, resting on the sideline. That's what you have to do, and I was perfectly fine watching that. I said that's what they had to do. He had that big INT at the end where they were down in the red zone, and everybody was blowing up about, it feels like they're passing more with Art Sotowski than running the football with Chase Brown. And I want to talk, I'm going to be all over the place with this one today because there was a lot of tweets going around um, and a lot of different things. So we'll talk about that part, and I'll give you my thoughts on that. Um, outside of the pick and where they had him run the football at the end, I thought Art just kinda did what he was asked to do. Hey, don't turn the ball over, and though he did, but the defense bailed him out. But outside of that where you're just gonna hand the ball off or we're gonna try to throw some screens and we're you know, if you can't hit a deep shot later on, he just kinda did what he needed to do. He's not the answer. We like if Tommy DeVito's out, we're gonna have a long rest of the year. But I'm gonna get to that because of what looking at last night, but we'll we're gonna expand on that, what they will have to do if um Brandon, if um, Tommy DeVito is still out, um, but during, we had to go over a lot of mental mistakes. Um, Isaiah Williams, it was not a good sign. Where that one punt, he was telling people to get away. You can see when their arms are straight out, they're yelling like you hear people. I don't know if colleges do it, but. Every high school I've ever been a part of and ones I coach against, they're yelling, Peter, Peter, Peter. They're yelling poison, poison, poison. And that means to get away from the freaking football. Well, you can see when his arms are out, that's what he's yelling. Then he runs up, grabs it, takes a huge hit, a huge hit. And so I was like, okay, that's not good. When you see a, a kick returner do that, that's not good. And then later on, he goes to catch it. it like He takes his eyes off it for just that split point two seconds. We fumble it. Iowa gets the ball. Defense holds. And then that screen where he caught the ball, churned and braced for a hit, it popped out. That call could have gone either way. I'm sitting there as an Illini fan going, he did not make a football move. He caught it, he took that step, he stopped and waited for a hit. He wasn't really trying to make a football move, He's just kind of waiting to take a hit. But since they the call on the field, you have to have so much evidence to overturn it. So I'm standing there as a fan going, nope, 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 that's an incomplete pass. Um but you have to have outstanding evidence to to for to fully change that. So as a coach, and really sitting back and thinking about that, you have to understand why they called that. So we had to overcome that those two fumbles right there, um, and then they faked it to Will Isaiah Williams to hand the ball off to Chase Brown, and man, Williams got popped. And Coach Bielmo was yelling on the sideline. He even said after the game goes. The, the definition of targeting, that was targeting where um, we faked it to him. The guy thought he had the ball and he come in and helmet-to-helmet helmet contact, led with his head and hit him, and I'm watching that, and I said the same thing. Because this tar- if you're going to go by the targeting rule that is being put out there and talked about and being enforced the way it has been enforced, it's been enforced that way all year. So to me, no, not – I mean – you don't have to call that targeting in my opinion but just the way the rule is presented itself and the way and the way it's talked about and it's been enforced Why not call that targeting? Coach Bielma thought that was targeting. I thought it was targeting the way it could have been put out there. So I think that should have been targeting Isaiah Williams. But then that knocks him out into concussion protocol. And as of right now, I don't have a full report on if he does have a concussion, if he's going to be cleared. So we had to overcome that. And then later on in the game, we had a big catch. I believe it was Morse that had to come out. He landed on his shoulder. So it was just injuries really started to pile up on Illinois on offense. I think Coach Bielis at one point we're out four to five starters. And one of those could be Caleb Griffin and the kicker. And so we had to overcome all those things. All those things. The fumbles from Williams. He Then he gets knocked out from that. Just a lot of things Illinois had to overcome last night. And I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for something to happen. And what I mean by that is when you've been a fan of Illinois – as long as we all have out, you guys out there that are fans of Illinois. When you've been fans, you know, I'll be 32. When you've been a fan since birth and you're watching Illinois basketball and everything, we have our ups and downs in football. We have our ups and downs in basketball. And you're waiting for something bad to happen, right? There was that feeling where these things are starting to happen. You lose quarterback, you're losing your wide receiver, and then the way people are complaining about the play call with with Tatowski and him being the quarterback um the turnovers you're kind of waiting for Iowa to do something big and maybe they come down and score you have that feeling that something's about to pop off cuz things are all pointing towards you know things are going after Illinois you know these 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 injuries and everything else but then when they started to happen and I'm watching the defense that feeling disappeared right where Okay, I don't think the defense is going to give up anything big. As long as the offense takes care of the football, we're going to be okay. But when it was 6-6 at halftime, you are sitting there going, it's going to be 9-6 game for somebody, or it's going to be a 13-6 game because somebody's going to kick return for a touchdown. Somebody's going to get a punt return for a touchdown. Somebody's going to break away a big run or something where you end up getting a touchdown. It's going to be that type of game watching it. So, I will say the old I feeling is slowly leaving because of Coach Bielema's poise, the culture he's instilling, Coach Walters. I mean, the guy didn't even have a play sheet on the side for defense. He just calls. He's on the sideline. He gets a feel of the game. He's just calling it from a defensive perspective of this is what I feel in the moment. And he did a great job. So having that, the feeling disappeared. Um The defense balled out. The only thing that I worried about with the defense was just being on the field way too long. That was my worry. Illinois kept going three and out, three and out, three and out. I'm like, man, that defense is going to have a hard time. Um, But Illinois did end up um, having the ball longer than Iowa. We had it for 31 minutes compared to 28 minutes for Iowa. It just felt like the defense was on the field way, way too much. And I just don't want that defense to continue to get worn down. Like the offense has to help out a little bit where we're not three and out, not three and out. We're doing the, you know, we're we're keeping them fresh. We're getting them some breaks. But it seems like the defense doesn't care. They're like, yeah, we'll go on the field. Um when they had that the big stop and then I and then Williams fumbled the, the punt, they ran right back out there and stopped him again. They're like, well, we'll just do it again. Because they rotate guys up front pretty well. The defensive line gets great extension and the stunts they were doing up front the way they were able to have the speed time the snap count with coach walters being so confident on the sideline and so poised that has fed on to the illinois defense since that virginia game last year it has just continued it felt like this game kind of felt like the penn state game where it was just back and forth three and out three and out defense out there everything else and just kept battling that's what it really felt like um, compared to last year that type of game and so, from a defensive perspective, they just, they balled out. There's no other way to say it. They, they, they balled out. Randolph Jr. up front caused a lot of havoc. Um, getting the sacks on Beatrice was huge, especially near the end where they got to him. Um, he took five sacks. They held Iowa to low rushing yards. They only gave him 52 rushing yards, which Iowa wants to run the football. 52 yards on 32 attempts. So they only averaged 1.7 yards per carry. They got an interception at the end of the game when um, Iowa was in that minus two minute offense. Um, Peters ended up having 170 yards passing. And I believe all the passes literally um, went to Laporta nine receptions for 100 yards. I mean, that's that's all he could really throw to. There was a couple guys late there when they had to go hurry up um, and, you know, try to get something going. Um, I coached against Sam Laporta, actually. He's from Highland, Illinois. Uh, got a coach against him. So that that's a cool little plug there. Um, he was a good good high school player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the defense is going to get – they're okay. They're okay giving up some of those yards. You can only give up six points. Um, that's amazing. they held them to 5 for 17 on third down. Um, only gave up 222 yards. Um, so to hold all of that, the Illinois defense just literally balled out um, those defensive players. Brown on the other side came down and had some big hits. The defensive line played phenomenal. Uh, again, I just I can't say that enough about them. how well they were playing um, up front. Rudolph caused a lot of havoc um, later on in the game. Um, Newton caused a lot of havoc up front because they just they get I can't say it enough and I'm gonna say it again they just get great extension um, up front. Um, Seth Coleman, um, that outside linebacker, inside backer type guy, he caused a lot of havoc as well. Um, you know he had two sacks out of those five sacks. Um, you know Randolph had the big sack, 1.5 tackles for loss. Just everybody rallies to the football and that's what you We we're seeing last night um, from the defensive line and linebackers flying. Coach Walters is an absolute genius. Coach Bielma is absolute genius when it's coming to that defensive side of the ball. And so that feeling went away of you're waiting for something big to happen. I was going to have this big play. And they had a couple chunks. But Illinois, I think, was okay with that because they knew they could rally up and tackle whenever that play happened. They would rather cover other receivers um, and make sure the run game isn't there. So that Illinois defense is phenomenal. They have not given up um, a touchdown. Nobody has scored a touchdown on Illinois in Champaign at home. They've won five straight home games. They Nobody has scored a touchdown in Champaign this year. Um they, don't, they only give up 8.4 points a game. They're up there. They're number one, one one scoring defense. So these things they're doing on defense is people are noticing. And so that was the thing that Coach Bielema said was people are now starting to look at Illinois. They are starting to get pats on the back, so he's worried about how they're going to come out and play. He would rather score more than nine points because um, this was an Iowa game, and that's what Coach Bielema said at the very beginning of the game. Iowa wants it to be a 0-0 game at half. They want it to be – um, 3-0 at half. They want it to be the 6-6 at halftime because then he want, they want the other team to start to feel tight. And what I mean by tight is the offense has to start chucking the ball around because they're getting frustrated because they're going three and out because Iowa has a really good defense, and I think that cannot be stressed enough either, that Iowa has a good defense. They have a great linebacking core. They have great secondary. They have a good defense as well. They have a big stout uh, defensive line as well. So this, I said that in my preview was this is going to come down to those defenses. Um, And so they want you to do something different. And what you will see, even though we struggled on offense, was we did not take – I mean, we threw the interception. But, I mean, really what Iowa wanted us to do, we weren't doing. Um, Defensively, they stuck to exactly what they were going to do. I don't think there was much adjustments at halftime. And – you know, we really got after Iowa's um, young offensive line. That offensive line struggled. Petrus, you know, only once in a while had some time to get the ball away because they were doing um, quick passes. Iowa had open guys in that boot game at the very beginning of the game. And Illinois, I, I tweeted out, I said, was going to keep coming back to that because they want Petrus to get on the rhythm. They would rather, you know, if we're going to stop the run, they're going to start doing that. And Illinois covered the boot the rest of the time. Rest of the game. As soon as I tweeted that out, I'm not saying that I helped Coach Walters, but I said, you know, I tweeted it out saying, "Man, they're going to come right back to that. that it's going to be the New York Giants versus the, the Bears, where they're just going to boot, 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 and they don't end up covering it." And so they adjust very. Uh, Walters cannot be, dis, you know, can't be ignored that he adjusts very well to things that are open during the game. So when he he probably saw that was open, so they really adjusted to that. Uh, but no opponent has scored in Champagne. They. Only gave up the 52 yards rushing. Only gave up two yards rushing to Wisconsin last week, so that's a big plus. Um, that feeling with Illinois, um, Iowa's defense again is phenomenal as well. I have to keep giving them props for that. Um, Chase Brown ran over a hundred yard mark once again. Um, he's uh, you know Heisman. Tro- he needs to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. Um, he had more than hundred yards. It's the seventh time this season. Um, and he's had over 100 yards. That is more than any other running back in school history. He had 146 yards on 31 carries. Um, he entered the, week, entered the week this week leading the nation and the whole country in rushing yards. And they'll just keep giving it to him because they know eventually he's going to pop one off. I Even though he carried the ball 31 times, everybody wanted him to carry the ball more, especially when Art was in. And it seemed like they were passing more with Art, and we're about to get to that in a second. Um, 31 carries is a lot. Um I thought Reggie Love could have helped carry the load. He had three carries for sixteen yards. I think that's a good combo there until McCoy comes back. Um having a Chase Brown is fast. Don't get me wrong, but he's more stout. He's more gonna run you over. Um Reggie Love, the third, he is that, you know, quick screen guy. He's that if you do run wide zone, he's gonna very quickly get some space. So I think until McCoy and them come back, I think he can be a very good complimentary run guy to um Chase Brown help relieve the load because I'm very worried about the defense being on the field too much. And I'm very worried about Chase Brown. You know, I think he's gonna be able to be fine. But you still have those thoughts of, well, you gotta make sure that he's not gonna get hurt, but you can't play that way and think that way either. But they gave him the ball a lot because eventually he's gonna break one way and he did he his longest run was 23 yards. But that comes at a moment where I was a very good tackling team. Some of the screens and stuff you saw, some of those runs where it looks like Chase Brown's gonna break away. Like we broke those against Wisconsin. We broke those against other teams. Iowa can tackle very well. And so that was the frustrating part watching that, watching them fly up and be able to tackle. But that's Iowa's defense. It's it's a again, I've said it so many times, and I'm sorry. It's a great defense. So Chase Brown did his thing. Um um, Iowa's offense struggled. Beatrice got sacked five times. Um, that's a young offensive line. Their run game isn't what it used to be. They only have one guy that can really catch and do what it, things in the um, pass game. So Iowa gets a bye week, and then they head off, I think, to Ohio State, which that's going to be a rough form. But it's going to be curious to see that Iowa defense versus Ohio State's offense um, in this. I do believe that's who they have next. Let me triple check for Iowa. Yep, they get um, Ohio State. They get a bye week, then they get Ohio State. Sucks for them because, you know, um, they were asked about their offense. He said, we won a lot of games last year doing this type of stuff. We're just not executing. Um, Iowa's offense is not very good. But um, props to Illinois' defense once again. So let's talk about some of the things people are going to talk about more. You know, the defense did his thing. But people are going to talk about Art towski some more. And they're going to talk about um, Coach Lunny Jr., um, the offensive coordinator. So let's talk about that real quick. Um People are going to talk about Art like I already did a little bit where what can you do with him on offense if, you know, DeVito is out. Um, well, he's a big, tough guy. He's not very fast, so you can do those quarterback sneaks for him too, and he'll be able to do that. For what he was asked to do, he did okay. Now that throw he made that got picked off I thought was bad, and that's where people started to say, well, why are you doing that when you have Chase Brown in the backfield? And you have a guy, you have this kicker, but he, he's a little confident right now. And I'm hitting two of them. So he has that feeling, and he's feeling pretty good. I thought so, too. Um, I thought you could have just handed the ball off to Chase Brown. I know we have no Isaiah Williams, so everybody's going to be king on Chase Brown. But I thought that, too. But... This is what I think we have to talk about a little bit. And I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. This is just maybe the thought process. We're not on the headset. We're not in the game planning. We weren't in there at halftime. We're not on the sideline hearing this. And Bielama and Lonnie and all of them, they're not going to give us the entire scoop. They're going to give us what they want. Um, it'd be awesome if they told us the exact conversation. I would love to have that conversation with them and know exactly what's going through on the headset. Um, a couple people are not happy with the play calling of the offense with Lenny jr. And there was a point where I said, it feels like last year's team. As soon as art came in and Isaiah Williams was out, um, I said, this feels like last year's team. And what I mean by that is it just kind of felt stagnant. It felt like as soon as the offense was out there, it was, well, we're about to go three and out. Maybe we get one first down and then we punt it. Like that was the feeling last year as they were trying to figure themselves out. And, uh, know that they have a great defense. This year, we know we have a great defense. We're not lighting the world on fire, but we were averaging 28 points a game uh, coming into this game. It's not the highest. I think it's like ninth in the Big Ten, but it's way more than what it was last year. And so it's making those improvements um, with this offense, with the players we have. We started to get the wide receivers going um, the last couple of weeks, so have that confidence as well. But as soon as Art came in, I I was like, this feels like last year's team where we're we're like not okay with it, but if we punt it away, we have this amazing defense and it's going to be fine. But we have to be careful when you're always relying on that defense because they're going to get tired. Um, And because the more they're out there and the more they get tired, you don't want to give a play away. Now, it doesn't look like we get tired, which is a credit to the coaches and the strength and conditioning staff, um, which I don't know if gets enough credit, but you know, the confidence in those guys. I think they rotate pretty well on defense. But that's what it felt like to me. I felt like it was last year's team a little bit all over again. Um, and I think and that's why Coach Beale made the offensive coordinator change and made a change to say this is what I want on offense because I think maybe he felt the same way. And that's what it just felt like to me. It felt like last year's offensive team all over again when Art came in. Um, but this is what happens when you bring in a backup quarterback. Things change. And so people can be mad at some of the play calling. But I want you to know that Coach Bielma's is on that headset. He knows exactly the entire offense. He knows when he's calling something. People were really mad when they had that timeout. And they came out. And they came out in five wide. And they had Art just kind of do a quarterback draw. And that's where that fumble happened. Iowa picked it up and ran back for a touchdown. I stood up and I bowed through the TV out the window out of the room because I said, that's it. Like the way we were playing on offense, that could have been the game. And literally again, just his elbow touching the ground. Um, I was so mad and I wasn't necessarily mad at the play I was just mad that that happened. I said, of course, like I told you just a few minutes ago, I was waiting for something to happen and that was it. Um, but the football guys were shining down on Coach Bioma in Illinois and they, you know, had the elbow down where really to kick the field goal and go up 9-6. Um, people are very mad about that play call, and I saw a lot of tweets about Lonnie Jr. I agree, and I and let's talk about it. Yes, could have handed off to Chase Brown. If you're doing a, a quarterback draw with Art, you're already planning on kicking the field goal. He's not fast enough to break something away. You went five wide because you were hoping that it would soften the box up, get a couple yards. Um, you saw something, and that's what it was called. Here's the thing I want to tell you. You can't tell me that Coach Bielmo was not a part of that conversation. He's, not a part, he's part of that conversation. If he really wanted – I think he lets his coordinators do his thing. But if he really, 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 really wanted something other than what was going on right there, he would have went over there and he would have said, nope, you, we have to do this. Not necessarily telling him to do this, but he's like, this is what we need to do. So i okay with it in that aspect because the head coach is a part of that conversation. And the other thing is, let's say they did pass it, or let's say that he did a quarterback draw and he got a first down. We'd be saying, that's an amazing play call. But because of the situation, we're going to say that's a horrible play call. But then people were getting frustrated with him over the game because they're like, why are you not having to chase Brown more? It seems like we're passing it more. And, you know, the game plan with Art in there. Think they're, He and DeVito are two completely different quarterbacks. One can throw a better ball. One can move better. And then you also have to realize Isaiah Williams goes down. You have another receiver, I believe it was Morris, and I'm very sorry if it wasn't him. He went down. So we already have a receiving core that's trying to figure itself out. And when Art comes in, They're okay giving up three-yard completions, but it's good for us, but it's good for the defense. Something else you have to realize. And again, my opinion is not the right one. I'm just giving you my insight. Being a part of a team that has, we had to play our fourth string quarterback before. We had to play five different quarterbacks last year in our games in high school. So coming from a team that has had quarterback struggles, you will have a game plan going into your week. You have a game plan with your starting quarterback. You do get the backup quarterback reps, but you don't have enough time to get them starters' reps. There just isn't enough time. You have a limit to how long you can practice. You have to get individual stuff done, you have to do these things. And then you have to have a small game plan for your backup quarterback because the plan is your starting quarterback is going to be in there. Now, some of the game plan you have for your starting quarterback is going to be in there for your backup quarterback, and then you're going to have some things for your backup quarterback. And if that's the only thing you have to really adjust and plan for, it's a little bit more smooth sailing. But when your starting quarterback goes down, then you're one of your top fastest guys goes down. You're going against a top-ranked defense. Another receiver goes down. You're out some running backs. Things start to change a little bit. The way they're playing their defense changes it a little bit. And all eyes are on Chase Brown. And I know some people, it doesn't matter. Hand him the ball. Hand him the ball. Hand him the ball. I think they wanted to see if Art could throw some passes because they don't know how long DeVito could be out. He could come back next week, but he won't be 100% if it's that bad. What if he doesn't come back? So they have to start seeing what he can do already in a game-time situation. They have to stick to a part of the game plan. So some of those passes were probably part of the game plan, and that's what they were going to do. And I'm telling you right now, it is hard on the sideline then all of a sudden start to do things that you probably didn't practice. It's really hard to go into halftime. You don't make all those type of adjustments at halftime. People need to start realizing that. You don't go in at halftime and say, okay, We were doing all this at the beginning. This was our game plan. This is what we practice all week. Well, we're going to flip it, work on, and do this stuff that we didn't practice all week. Now, in college NFL, you can get away with it a little bit. You can tweak some things a little bit. You can stem routes a certain way. You can adjust those routes. You can adjust certain blocking. Like, okay, maybe we don't have to double this guy, or maybe we have to double this guy. Maybe you have to take this angle. Those are the types of adjustments you make. Maybe you start saying, okay, when we say this motion, this guy moves, all that stuff. You don't come out with a brand new defense, a brand new offense. And so this is just kind of what it was going to be. And we could be mad about the play calling, but we're not there looking at the whole defense. We're not there in practice to see what Art can't and can't do. Um, and there, and so we, I understand the frustration it felt like last year, but we also kind of have to take a step back um, and look at it and say, and understand, he probably doesn't get that many reps if you have team for so long, and let's say it's 50, so let's say the first six plays, eight plays is your starter. So let's say the first seven plays. Let's say you get 10 plays for this one segment. Seven of those are going to be with your, your ones. Three are going to be Three plays are going to be with your twos. That's just the reality of the situation. Then you get into something else. Okay, these 10 plays are going to be with the starters. These four to five are going to be with the second string. Because you focus on the game plan with the starters, and then you have a small game plan for the back, especially at the quarterback position, especially when they're two different guys. When they're two different guys, you have that's just what's going to happen. And there was probably things that were open that Art didn't get the ball to. I don't have the film. Do you have the film? I'd have to go back and completely watch the game. I'd have to re-watch the whole thing. Were there guys open that Art didn't see? So that's part of the thing where we have to calm down and say, maybe things were open and he didn't throw it there. Maybe they called the play, and Iowa's corners and safeties and linebackers really jammed up the receivers and they weren't open. That's a part of it. And they play, they some of the play calls were conservative because you gotta remember last year how Art threw the ball. And I hate talking bad about him. Hard worker, nice guy. He didn't transfer again, didn't do any of that, stayed around. But that yeah, I understand that last play call where we went five wide and we did that little, you know, quarterback sneak or that draw, um, I understand the frustration, but we have to understand that's what goes into that type of stuff. So we have to take a step back and say, we weren't complaining about the play call before, but now we're going to complain about it now. So it's not different. He's not the different guy. Coach is a part of it. So it was just a hard-fought win. The defense played well. What does this mean going forward for the Illini, which we'll do a preview for their Minnesota game coming up another Big big test. Well, what does this mean? Well, we're five and one. We have to be able to find a win in there somewhere to get bowl eligible. We are first in the Big Ten West. Um, I believe it's the first time for us since they went to that way. This is the best starting record we've had, I believe, since 2011 when we were six and zero. Oh. Um, we are two and one in conference, five and one overall. Purdue in the West is two and one overall in the Big Ten, um, Big Ten West, or I guess overall. In the Big Ten, four and two overall, right behind us. And so we have Minnesota coming to town. They are four and one overall, uh, one and one in the Big Ten. That's going to be a big time thing uh, matchup for us. <clears throat> Is there a way in there where we can get six wins? Absolutely, we can pull off a stunner versus Minnesota, Nebraska, Nebraska, Michigan State's not playing well. Purdue, we could pull one off. Michigan would be tough, and Northwestern's not playing well, so we could find one there. So there is possibilities there to get the six-win mark. Um, so what does it mean going forward? Well, we're going to see if Tommy DeVito can come back. If he can come back, um, they'll adjust the game plan a little bit because of his ankle, but if he can come back, if Isaiah Williams can clear protocol um, concussion protocol, um, some of the receivers can continue to get better and try to step up, and they really will practice Art Sotowski a lot more this week, so it'll be a different game plan than before. Get the defense some rest. And they'll be just fine. They, you know, they proved me wrong. I never thought they would give up a big play. I never thought that they were going to be beaten. I just am afraid as the season goes on, if they're out there too much. But they seem very well conditioned. Um, And so it's just my old eye ways thinking. So this is great for the Champaign-Urbana. This is great for the U of I fan base. Um, It's really fun to watch this happen. I hope we don't lose Coach Walters um, at the end. But we are first in the West. Uh, Coach Bioma said none of the injuries were catastrophic. Um that the video just re that injury. So none of those guys, it's a huge, huge thing. It is, but hopefully they're not out for like the season or anything like that. So that's good to hear Coach Bielma telling Coach Women that this is the be- you're getting the best version of me. Um, he's very excited. It's very exciting to have the culture there. Um, they're very focused. Everybody's tweets were thanking the fans, and they're moving on already. So it's a cool thing we're seeing with the U of I football team. We're seeing the same thing with the U of I men's basketball team. And we're probably going to see the same thing with the Illinois women's, men, uh, women's basketball team with their new head coach. It's just a cool thing that's going with the University of Illinois. Um, so it's, it's fun to watch for fans a little bit, but for the average fan, probably not so much. Um, but Illinois is... Five and one, one more one to be bowl eligible, which is what they are striving for, and then being first in the Big Ten West, nobody saw that coming. So really fun to watch and be a part of as a fan. Um... That will wrap up this uh, episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow and rate it on Apple and iTunes. Follow me at Coach underscore Steve72 on Twitter. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. Check out all the other episodes. Um, Thank you, guys. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um, Thank you guys for being here. Um, This is Coach Steve. We will see you guys next time.